In this episode, I interviewed the Managing Director of IFC Collective, Darren Wren. Darren is a civil engineer with a diverse and expansive career. He is excited about smart city technology and exploring this space further both in the cities and in the regional communities. We discussed a number of exciting areas of smart tech, including electric and automated vehicles, changing supply chains and revenue models, and how Australia can become smart city leaders. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small. Smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Hi, Darren. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Zoe. Um and delighted to be here. Thanks so much for asking me. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming onto the Smart City Podcast. Um, we might just jump straight into it. Uh, so we'll start with the past. So can you give us a bit of a uh, bit about your background? Yeah, sure. I, I'm a I'm a civil engineer uh, by profession. I've always been involved in civil engineering from the day I left school and I just love it to bits and been so lucky to work across heavy infrastructure projects across a number of sectors, really, the resource sector, the transport sector, the the water sector. So I've seen a lot of innovation and change happening um, both through my career and now, now I just look at what's coming and just see that as an exciting change. Yeah, great. So what sparked your interest in the smart city space? Initially, it was the, the shift in the supply chain and, and how, the, how the changes in supply and, and deliver, delivery will, will change. So, so that affects everything we do. So, that, so, so, you know, you're a fool not to start buying into this and having a look and just thinking, well, how does this affect me? And then it just became more and more exciting. I mean, if we look from ways of, What's changing in our world now? It's how how we buy our food, or even what buys our food. I think that is is really interesting. How we listen to our music, to how we move about our planet, be it in um, shared transport to you know the, the the rideshare platforms that are out there, or the autonomous vehicles. You know, so it's it's that change that's happening and and how it's happening just really just really sort of floats my boat because I, I like to look into the future i'm looking forward to the day that, that my fridge is ordering my weekly groceries instead of me doing the weekly trudge to the supermarket yeah great so um what t- technologies in particular have you come across that you're really interested in exploring well, I've been lucky enough to have a fantastic career with changes constant with technology advances, you know, from concrete technology to um, to automation and control technology. So, you know, uh, I started as a draftsman and ink and tracing paper, and now it's now it's all three D BIM modelling and uh, sort of reality generating and and uh, yeah, so so virtual reality now is, is making a big part of our engineering and what we do. So, you know the the, the the subject now that's really really getting to me is, is the automatic automated vehicles. I mean, it goes without saying that all of these vehicles will be electric. I mean, no one's turning around about uh, an automated vehicle that's petrol driven. So the associated infrastructure is really really interesting to me, especially around the power supply. Not only is it the vehicle, but from you know the 
it's 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 a it's a it's a really big mindset change in in consumer and consumerized products really the so so the so it's how we think about these things is what's really interesting to me and what I'm interested in exploring especially around the you know the language that we're using now is it was not about how we power our electric vehicle but it's how we now use our electric vehicle to power our home when we get home from a day's work so so it's where you charge your vehicle and how you charge it and and then you start looking at about who supplies that power so so there's there's so much change happening so I just find it extremely interesting yeah very good cool well I think we've delved a little bit into the past now let's go to the the present time and what's happening right now I'm just interested to know what type of projects and things you're working on at the moment okay well I've just recently completed a significant upgrade of a historic environment a really it was um, the oldest street in Australia's second largest a second oldest city so you know so it was dealing with really old infrastructure and replacing it with new and one of the mm-hmm. things there was the you know let's put in the smart city infrastructure but it wasn't about the 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 actual what's inside it and the wi-fis and the cameras and everything it was about being ready so so a forward-thinking council has actually turned around and said well while we're doing this let's get let's be ready for what's coming even though we're not quite sure what it is yet so that that's, that's uh, great what i've been working on right now that, that's just completed and now now it's just looking at um, the where do where do we go next you know i'm particularly interested in traffic enforcement infrastructure uh, and technology especially ones that are automated and, and ones that can just generate a ticket straight away as an infringement and potentially mobile mobile systems for for that um, putting that in, in existing vehicles in existing assets that are owned um, by councils and uh, government authorities um, I love the thought of the the asset management systems and automated pothole detection equipment um i'm really keen on exploring that further um and yeah i'd really like to be um running some trials on that in, in early 2018 the other one that that's really i, I, can, I believe is worth looking at and, and starting to explore is road user pays infrastructure with what's coming in our in our shift to electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles we'll see a huge revenue drop for government authorities um, vehicle excise and uh, fuel fuel tax and things will be lost. So we need to start thinking about how we do that and how, how we get yeah. that, that money. Yeah, definitely. So where do you think Australia ranks when it comes to smart cities? Unfortunately, I believe we're, we're a long way behind. Um, and, I, and I personally put that between five and ten years. If, if you look around what's happening in Europe, the, the legislation that's changing, the, the and, and how they're adapting to technology advances, especially in Asia, then and I firmly believe we're we're probably in catch up territory rather than sort of pioneering the way forward. So, do you think um, there are good places in Australia or, or across the world, or, or different scenarios that are um, really good environments to pilot smart city technology? Yeah, I read an article a few years ago, and I, I forget the magazine, but. It was around what a great testing bed Australia is because of the the remoteness of the density clusters. So our, our cities and our things are quite unique, and and so you can ban them quite easily, um, and even sort of regional regional towns as well. So any 
any local government and that with the willingness to give something a go has the ideal testing ground. So I think Australia is excellent places to pilot and trial stuff because it's just because of its uniqueness in in the global infrastructure world and our, and our density clusters. It's finding to me that that council and that authority that are willing to give it a go. Uh, I think if you, I really like what the Sunshine Coast City Council are doing in Queensland. I think they're, they're leading the way in the country at the moment because they're willing to trial it. They've invested in it and they're, they're really giving it a go in their new, in their smart city hub. Yeah. So do you think it's just the the big cities that um, we can trial this stuff in or do you think we can do this in the regional areas as well? I think the regional areas are fantastic for varying types of technology. So water theft and um, is a massive issue for regional communities and, and things. So you, uh, people coming in and just filling up their caravans or just filling um, – you know, just just taking water or power theft and everything else. So the smart technologies that are available to monitor and report that, I think, are excellent, and that will also help the the local regions sort of control and, and manage their assets a lot a lot better. So I think the regional regional places are excellent places. But it's a it's I don't want to use the term horses for courses, but it's it's a different thing. You're not going to trial a road user pay system in a small country town, but water theft and things and sensors and things, I believe, are a great idea. Yeah, so it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's tailoring the solution um, to the local council or, or the, the local issues that that area has. Very much so. And, and the beauty of some yeah. of this technology that, that's now available, and I think, is it's not expensive. It's not, and you only need to monitor it once. Once you've got your user pattern and everything else, you can move that piece of technology to the next location. So it's not a case you've got to blanket and roll it out across everywhere. It is a case of, well, let's gather our data here. Let's model this area. We can see when the theft's happening or when the water usage is high or the power, you know, the power drain is happening. And we can manage that around that. Once we've got that, we can move it on to the next location. So you're not investing in heaps of infrastructure. It's just having the right infrastructure so you can gather your data as quickly as you can. So if a lot of this stuff is cheap and easy, what, what are the blockages, do you think? There's the, there's many from um, one is one is mindset and attitude and, and lack of knowledge and awareness of um, what is actually out there and what it can do now. The uh, like the, the waste ma- the the role that our waste management facilities and assets can play in controlling the pothole detection to whether the, the whether a specific property owner has paid their rates and it's just bringing the whole thing together and I think very at this moment in time we're very piecemeal in our approach and we're not just thinking of the bigger picture. And do you think that like? It has to be. It doesn't have to be this um, big, flashy, you know, matrix-style uh, scenario. We can have really simple things um, that can really help those regional areas, like you said about the waste. Um, you know, people might not even think of waste when they think of a smart city, but that can be like you know a foundational piece of infrastructure that can really um, help cities progress um, in that in that smart technology space. So, do you think the the trick is to you know, start small, um, look at little chunks that you can do and then just build up from there? 
I, I think that, that there's two that, that, that there's two approaches really that, that probably have to be run in parallel. The the organic, oh, let's try this here and see how that goes and everything else. If you start going through those cycles, those cycles can be quite timely to to go through. But they're there for if you've got a policy that we're going to adapt this or, or, or this is this is in our city plan for next year or our town plan for next year that we will implement this, this, this and this here. Then running running several things in parallel is probably the better way to go, or else we'll be the 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 time the time thing will will catch up with us all, and then it'll be well, why haven't you done this? They're doing this here. So, so do you think we need to change our mindset that um, you know if we're running a lot of things in parallel, uh, it's okay to fail, which traditionally governments aren't allowed to fail. So, do you think that mindset needs to change um, in order for us to do this? I I question whether advancing your data collection and your knowledge even though it might not have worked perfectly first time is a failure because it's all about the lessons we learn on that journey so i understand that the the local authorities and that are responsible for public money and it's the public that are are paying for it but if the public can see and see the end benefit to it and, and everything else that ultimately their rates bills might reduce because of this and because of that and everything else, then... Yeah. Do you think um, community consultation is really important in this process? User awareness and, and, and definitely. I, mean, I look at uh, the... It's, it's an education thing. It, it, it goes back to that what's in it for me, really. It's the, it's the narrow... It's narrow thinking is not the right word, but it's just that limited knowledge. And, and we're in this world of knowledge sharing and knowledge... And, and people, the more knowledge we give out, the more people absorb, and everything else like that. So let's not be frightened of what what we're actually saying, and say, you know, we're going to give it a go. This is what we're trying, and these are the end benefits that we're going to do. Uh, we will achieve. Great. Okay. So let's do a bit of um, predicting of the future here. And how do you think that we can better integrate across disciplines and governments and industries, um, so we can kind of come together to to work towards a smart city? But my thoughts around this are that I think if we're forever waiting for local authorities, governments, policy, then then we could be waiting for a long time. So to me, it goes back to my previous point, that a lot of this could actually be consumer-driven, consumer demand around, you know, the if you take Norway, for example, they've already got 50% electric vehicles on that road, and now they've got to turn around and say, well, how do we get our revenue or whatever or, things that Germany are building 400 electric vehicle charging stations because of the drive in electric vehicles and they have to have those done next year and that's not not including ones being built by Tesla these are the German car companies so the consumer the consumer drive I I believe will overtake the legislation legislative process and the drives of local authorities so therefore again that that ties in with the mindset and everything else, the governments take, for example, here, by the time we get our electric vehicles, I'll go back to my earlier point about the the, the revenue model for fuel tax and, and things would disappear overnight if, if the take-up is as great as it will be. And I see quite a few electric vehicles on the road already. Then, you know, that, that user pays technology will be consumer-driven because consumers want the electric vehicles. Yeah. So do you think that um, electric vehicles, since we're talking about those, will be, do you think they'll take off in Australia in, in the next, you know, five years or so, or, or do you think it'll be longer? 
Other the, the data that I've seen at the moment seems to think that Australia is probably about seven to nine years away from being an electric vehicle society, um, which is quite a long time compared to the rest of the world. Uh, all of the vehicle manufacturers now manufacture electric vehicles, but uh, there's not many that are, that are sold here because we're not ready yet. So it's a case of being ready for them and everything else. And again, it goes back to that mindset where I said right at the beginning that, you know, you're not charging your electric vehicle overnight at home. You're going to be charging it at the workplace where you park it for work, or you're going to be charging it at the coffee shop for 10 minutes where you jump in and grab your coffee. You're not going to be, you're going to be using your vehicle at night, maybe to power your house. That's the, that's the difference. Yeah. I heard of a um, kind of swap and go um, system, like with your gas bottles, but you would swap and go your uh, battery pack for your vehicle. So I thought that was pretty cool. It is pretty cool, but the the some of the technologies now that in in fast charging vehicles you're down to about eight minutes. It yeah, could wow. actually, it so could actually take you longer to swap swap your battery than it will be to fast yep. charge, grab your coffee and your sandwich and and have your break and on you go. So so it's that. But the other the other thing to consider there is actually who's supplying who's supplying that power and where the where the where the demand's going to be driven. So the utility companies are playing catch up. Um, but I think you'll find, uh, please check this, that the, the power charging plants being constructed in, in Europe are actually being driven by the car manufacturers themselves. Yeah, okay. Interesting kind of, um, yeah, flip there, isn't it, and, um, in Australia, uh, how, that would, how that would play Very out. Very much so. And if we'd go to, yeah, mm, no. if we'd go to renewables or, or you know, traditional or, or whether people would be okay with, yeah, just um, – whatever system we decide to go well with. i was only talking to somebody yesterday zoe and and they were talking about how the, the the smart employer will be having his own solar power solar power for his his building the employers will come in they were plugging their car that employer can then charge that that employee to refuel their vehicle however he can charge it at a rate that's less than the utility companies and and less than what they'd be paying at home or, or whatever. So, so it's actually cheaper to do it that way. Uh, and I think so there's all these different benefits. And that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's a whole mindset change about how we do things and, and how we change what we do. Yeah, we might even have like a, uh, you know, um, Airbnb for charging your vehicle. Potentially, yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. So do you think Australia can – become the leaders in smart city technology or certain aspects of, of that? I believe we already are the, in certain aspects. I'd have to, I know the Sunshine Coast Council is, is receiving a lot of awards for their drive and their vision there. The electric charging, a lot of that's been developed out of um, Australia. One of the three, top three companies in the world, I believe, is Australian. So there's all of these – there are these hubs of – smart sec smart technology you know being led in australia uh there's yep. scientific breakthroughs happening all the time around the world so i think australia's playing its part to so do we want to be leaders or do we want to be up there with the others i think a lot of it is around to me is you know is how we adapt the new technologies to our needs will make us leaders in our field rather than you know trying to reinvent the wheel and, and start again there'll always be good ideas there'll always be innovations but through the globalization now of technology manufacturing 
and, and the the knowledge share platforms that sit in sit around the world we're not in that isolated sphere anymore of we've got to be our own entity you know the the, the skill is is how we draw on all that knowledge around the world to make what we need yeah yeah so do you think global collaboration um, will be a key part in Australia's journey oh, very much so it has to be if, yeah. if you look at just um, go back to my basic core skills of civil engineering and how the design world's changed and how we talk about global design. I was only reading something this morning about this bridge, wonderful bridge team in Australia that was also supported from South Africa and, and things like that. It's just we are in that global world and we have to think in that space. Yeah, cool. So what are the emerging trends that you see that people aren't talking about yet? Um, again, I'll go back to the the, the two Two of the points that I raised right at the beginning, one is road user charging. Uh, that I think everybody's scared to talk about that. The, the, the revenue models for, for our vehicles will, will change and will change very, very quickly. Um, so, so that's one, you know, um, that, that, that is definitely, you don't hear a lot of conversation around it because it's sensitive. You know, it, it, it is really, really sensitive. Um, so. The trends are the change again in the consumerism. We talked earlier about who's actually going to be providing the fuels of the future and where they will come from and how we do that. The, the other one is, is what I'm finding quite interesting is the importance of branding. Uh, I was looking at an entrepreneur list, top 40 entrepreneur lists, uh, just where I live on the Gold Coast. And I found the, there was a lot of marketing and branding expertise being lifted up and so, so we don't really talk about it. You think about branding and, and labeling and things, but that all ties back into, when you think about it, that all ties back into these smart fridges. You, know, you think, well, why do I need a camera in my fridge? You know, it's not coincidental that, that ca the cameras in your fridge will be looking at the labels on your jars to, and they can see when they're empty or whatever, or when that's no longer there, that it's gone, that that can reorder your food and things like that. So to me, we're not, we're not talking about that enough. We're just seeing the emergence of smart homes, just the technology coming in. But again, that's already around the world, and, and we're a little bit behind. So we're not we're not talking about it enough to understand that you know of where we be. So there's lots of little bits um, that are all going to come at us at once. So the trends, you know, the, is 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 just about how consumer models and how we do our whole business and how we're going to be paying for things in the future. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much. Um, it's been really great to talk to you. Um, if people uh, people are listening, how can they connect with you? Um, look, they can always drop me a line on my on my email, which is um, Darren Lane yep. at Collective dot com. Um, hopefully, you publish that Zoe with this. Uh, yeah, I can put that in the show notes. Or, yep. or just contact me through LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a chat and meet up and coffee and talk talk about these things. They excite me. I'm passionate about them. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Darren, and we'll talk again soon. Fantastic. Thanks, Zoe. It was really nice to have the opportunity to talk about what I believe is really important. Awesome. Thanks. It's the Smart City Podcast. Whoa. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. 
As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for.